0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com.
1: John chapter 18. While you're turning there, please remember service tonight. The evening service begins at 5:30. 30 following uh, that at 6 here in the sanctuary we're going to have a great time in the house of the lord so come expecting a good time in the presence of the lord following our evening service is going to be a little uh, fundraiser next door for our bible quizzing team we'll introduce a bunch of them to you tonight but we've got several of our our young people that are involved in bible quizzing this year and they're going to be raising some funds following service. And you will want to go and help and support them after service. We're proud of all of our Bible quizzers. Join us in the Word of the Lord. John chapter 18, verse number 37. The scene is Christ now in Pilate's judgment hall. They're in a private meeting now, Pilate and the Lord. The Crowds have been shut out and it's just Pilate and Jesus Pilate therefore said unto him art thou a king then Jesus answered thou sayest that I am a king to this end was I born and for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness of the truth everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice And Pilate's final words in this private meeting is so, so very important. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews. And saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. I want to preach to you today from the premise of an admonishment. I hope you let me just kind of admonish a little bit here today. I feel that direction of the Holy Ghost. So I preach today from this premise of an admonishment on on this subject. Don't walk out on truth. Don't walk out on truth. Would you ask the Lord to help us now, Jesus? We come to you, Lord. We're asking you for. The help of the Holy Ghost. I can't do anything without you, Lord. I, I have no ability or might or talent of my own. I, I can only, God, operate as you would move on us. And I'm asking you to help me now, Lord, to be able to deliver the word of the Lord today in such a way that our hearts receive it. And God, we, we take in those things that will help us. Dear God, to receive all that you have for us, doing a work of your Spirit and the Holy Ghost in this house. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Would you lift your hands and voice us with me? And can we just make a sound of acclamation unto the Lord Jesus Christ all over the building? I thank you, Lord. 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 Praise God. You may be seated. God bless you. The gospel narrative is given to us by the pen of four writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In each of these writings of these gospel writers is recorded a a, a group of meetings that take place over the lifetime and ministry of Christ. We see in these particular writings as they describe various ones, individuals and groups that come to Christ. We see in those various groups that there were oftentimes different motives by which that people sought. To have an encounter or a moment of dialogue or a meeting with Jesus Christ. We find that on many occasions there was genuineness, there was sincerity, there was a hunger that was manifested and shown in their wanting to meet with Christ. We see it in Nicodemus as he steals through the cover of darkness across the cobblestone streets and he finds his way into the place where the Lord was and he sincerely is asking. He has questions and he's seeking answers and he wants to know about the kingdom of God. We find it again in the Greeks that sometime later came to find Christ and they confess their sincerity, their, their genuineness when they ask of the apostles, Sir... We would see Jesus, for indeed there were those that sought Him out of sincerity. There were those that sought Him out of a genuine hunger to know and experience more. And yet there were others that it was not sincerity, but it was, they came with a sinister attitude. There was a motive in their Coming to meet with Christ and encounter him, we, we see it on on various moments and encounters that they came to not discover but rather to be destructive of the ministry of the Lord. We see on one occasion that it was the chief priest. The Bible says that they sent spies that would feign themselves as being sincere, but the real coming was that they might take Jesus in his own words. To each of these, the Lord had a very distinct approach to. There were yet others that were driven to meet with Christ, to encounter him, to inquire of him by a A sense of need that they had or existed inside of them. There was the woman with the issue of blood that came pushing through the crowd. Through the sandaled feet and the dust hymns to be able to touch the hem of his garment and when she did she was made whole of the disease that she had we find on other occasions there were those with with, without any type of a thought of personal property climbs to the top of a roof of a house and tears the roof back to let a friend down to Jesus that that friend might be healed or there's blind Bartimaeus that ignores the crowd lifts his voice and his incessant crying gets the attention of the Lord driven by his need to be able to see there were various reasons why people sought the Lord and then there is our text this morning Pilate seems to stand very possibly in a category. Category, all by himself. He seems to stand in a, in a group that is not found any place else in scripture. Because Pilate does not seek this meeting. It's not something he's inquired after. There was no possessed need that he had. That he really wanted to meet with the Lord. And yet we find him in this 18th chapter of John. We find him face face to face with a Savior. A meeting he did not request. A need that he did not confess that he had. There was no desire to get together. And yet. He is there in a meeting with Jesus. You have to understand that this particular meeting was was orchestrated by a prophetic moment because Christ was being ushered along on the wings of prophecy toward that moment of crucifixion where he would give his life as the spotless Lamb of God upon Calvary. And so Pilate is merely caught in the flow of prophetic events and it is Prophecy that brings Jesus and Pilate together Pilate didn't understand the prophecy of the moment he didn't understand that he was being pushed along in the current of prophecy he had no understanding of that at all and yet he is coming to this moment on the current of, of prophecy and so he stands there but it's not just the current of prophecy that's brought him to this moment he is standing literally in the clash of things as if it were two seas that were meeting together, two currents flowing in opposite directions meeting in one place, and he stands here with the, the the meeting of religion and culture that is coming together, and Pilate finds himself in the middle of it. You have to understand that Pilate's day, his culture, is much like our day today, because his culture was given to philosophy wanting to analyze ideas of, in the hope of finding some kind of absolute truth. Truth. This was the culture that Pilate was in. He was in a culture that was trying to find what is truth and and, and what is the foundation of truth and what produces truth and where does truth come from. Many had given themselves to this, this thought of trying to figure it all out. Long before Pilate, there was one by the name of Plato in his search of truth and he made this very, very revealing statement when he said it may be that someday there will come forth from God a word who will reveal all mysteries and make everything plain. Plato said somewhere there's got to be a place from which truth flows and you can't find it in time. You have to find it outside of time and Pilate is now a part of that culture where they're trying to find truth through philosophy and he he's also in a time where that there is uh, this clash of religion and culture he is in the city of Jerusalem the very seedbed of religion and he lives his life amongst a people who gives themselves to religiosity and they believe that god has spoken from a mountain and he's he's thundered and he he has spoken audibly and people have heard that he he is living amongst a people that believes their Messiah will come and set up his kingdom And, and yet in the midst of all of this he sees the hypocrisy of religion and he sees the falsehoods in it and so here he is he's standing he's caught in this moment between his culture analyzing truth trying to find what's real what's true and finding himself in this place where religion is uh, paramount and people are are the seekers of the Messiah and all of these things are happening around him and now here he is, he's standing face to face with Jesus Christ Christ himself he doesn't realize who he is at the very moment encountering can I pause to say on this Sunday morning that I would ask for a perception to be given to not only the people of God but a perception would be given to the world in general because I believe you and I have encounters with Christ that we don't even understand that we've had those encounters and I believe there are times that you and I come into a place where we're meeting with the divine and we don't even realize that we're meeting there. There's so much happening around us. So many things that are taking place. Our culture filled with its philosophies and its its search for that which is absolute and coming to the conclusion that there can be nothing absolute because everything changes with time and so truth changes and then in a world where Christianity has had such a part in its process and its fulfillment that men oftentimes don't understand that they have had a face to face encounter with the very one that can change their lives I would like to say today that maybe even this week people in this congregation and I believe I can say it and I can say it with confidence there has been people in this congregation sitting on these pews this morning that you have had an encounter with Christ this week that you didn't even realize that you had and you came face to face with him in a moment of time and you didn't even realize what you were encountering and in that encounter was this offering of something that was far deeper something that was far more real something that has depth something that has trueness to it something that has power to change and to transform that's the reason why You and I have got to become cognizant of every moment of our lives because we never know when we're crossing the path of the one that can forever, ever change our life and alter our course. And we've got to become perceptive that I may be standing at the very moment of the presence of Jesus Christ that can change my life forever. Forever. Can alter me in a way that I have never been altered before. And so the question now stands with Pilate as he stands here not totally understanding where he's standing. Not totally comprehending the moment that he's in. The question is now what do I do with this man? What do I do with this one that's called Jesus? I've had this meeting. I didn't summon it. I didn't ask for it. I'm just suddenly I'm brought face to face with it. My need didn't bring me here. It's just something that has happened, that has crossed my path, a chance and an opportunity. Now, what will I do with Jesus Christ? Hear me today, friend. Somewhere in our lives, we will cross that point in that moment, whether we understand it or not, that we have to decide, what will I do with Jesus what am I going to do with Him? What will I do with my relationship with Him? What am I going to do about my worship toward Him? What am I going to do in my opening in my heart, and my mind, and my life to Him? Those are moments that I may never retrieve again, but I have to understand. I have to come to the place where I understand that I am going to do something with Jesus Christ. And even on this Sunday morning. Morning, right here in this building, we are coming face to face with the very one, the author of life and the giver of life that can change our life and alter our course. And before we walk out of here today, we're gonna have to decide what am I gonna do with Jesus? What am I gonna do with this one that's come and opened his hands to me and opened his arms to me that's standing in front of me? I don't totally understand it, I don't comprehend it, but I gotta find out what am I gonna do with Jesus. I'm on a deal. So Pilate's standing here. And he does what any of us would do in the moment. With this mysterious figure. This one he's heard very possibly about. One that I'm sure has caused attention to come even to the courts of Pilate. And he's standing here and there's questions that start rising up out of him. Things he didn't even know was there. Things that he didn't even realize that was in the depth of his spirit. But he just started asking questions. Did you know if we would give God just a little bit of time in our life? There are things in the deep recesses of our soul that is searching for answers that we've kept veiled and covered. And we have no idea that they're there. But in an encounter with Jesus Christ, suddenly those questions start rising up up out of us. He gives a series of five questions that he has for the Lord. It's a private meeting now. It's just Pilate and the Lord. The crowds are outside. It's just him and Jesus. And he starts asking questions. And he asks question number one. He says, art thou the king of the Jews. No doubt he had heard the prophecy that one day the Jews would have a king. And much attention's been given to this holy man from Nazareth. And so he has to just ask the question. It's gnawing inside of him, Art thou? The king of the Jews. Let me rephrase it and put it maybe more in our terminology. Are you who they say you are? Are you the one that your prophecies have talked about? Are you the king of the Jews? And then he asked him a second question Am I? am I a Jew? In other words uh, uh, how how do I know anything about any of this? I'm not part of religion I'm not part of your religious customs and and culture I I don't know anything. How am I supposed to know any of this? I I don't know how to get a handle on all of this. Am I a Jew? And then he asked him another very pointed question he says what hast thou done? What what, what is it? What have you accomplished? What, what, What has been the, the, what has been the foundation of your ministry? I need to know a little bit about you. What have you done? And then he asks, Art thou a king? He comes back to this whole idea of the kingdom again. And then he finally concludes with the question of our text this morning when he says, What is? what is truth? I've stood here and I've talked to you and you talk about things as if they're so absolute you've talked about things as if they're, they, they are set in concrete and there's no way of altering them and I want to know what is truth and how do I know truth? Now many probing pilots standing before Christ has thought he was just the voice of a skeptic, others have thought there was a tinge of cynicism and others thought he was just merely being snide but I give to you a conclusion this morning that I think Jesus detected in Pilate there was just a little open door there was just a little opportunity he heard Pilate's questions and the Lord stood there just long enough to answer the questions of Pilate can I tell you if you just give God a chance there's things inside of you that wants to have an answer there are things inside of you that's searching there's things inside of you that are looking. There are things inside of you that's saying, I need something more than what I've got. And in that moment, you might be a skeptic. You might be agnostic. There might even be a little cynicism in your voice. But there is some questions deep in your spirit. And as long as you got a question for the Master, Jesus is going to stand there with His foot at that open door and say, I'll take time to answer your questions and fill you in and let you know about what is truth. Now this is what's amazing. Watch this. This is what's amazing. In this whole dialogue, Jesus takes time to talk in this private meeting with Pilate. What I find interesting is this. He had no other conversations the entire trial. When Pilate was with the high priest, Jesus would not answer. In fact, even Pilate turned to Jesus at that point, And he says, aren't you going to answer? Don't you have an answer? Aren't you, aren't you going to say anything against these accusations that they've made against you? Rather, Jesus stood silent. He gave no voice to anything and then earlier Jesus is led to the judgment hall of Herod and he stands in front of Herod and Herod's delighted to see Jesus he had hoped that he might see some miracle of him and and so he inquires of Christ but Christ is silent he doesn't say anything he he doesn't answer Herod he doesn't answer the chief priest but in a private meeting with Pilate this, this governor of Rome he senses just some questions he senses just a little bit of an open door and to a little bit of an open door Jesus will stand and say you know what if you'll open the door I'll stand here long enough to let you know who I am I hope I'm preaching to somebody on this Sunday morning that you're not a Herod that can't get an answer from the Lord and you're not a chief priest that can't get an answer from God but I wish there was a pile in the house right now that would say there's something rising up inside of me I've got some questions who is he what is he what about this what about the Bible what about the message of truth what about the gospel and Jesus says if you've got even the small trace of sincerity I'll stand in front of you and I'll answer your questions and I'll make myself known is there anybody that can just open the door a little bit and say you know what there's some questions I have what about the gospel what about the message what about the church what about the blood what about the lamb what about the cross what about eternity what about the king and as long as the door is there Jesus will stand and he'll talk he'll speak Pause there as long as the door is open just a little bit. You know, at least Pilate showed just a little bit of tenderness. Just a little bit of tenderness. There was just a little bit of of a, a heart there in Pilate. His wife came to him and she said, I had a dream last night and I dreamed about this man. And she said, have nothing to do with this just man. And you have to understand that Pilate, is a, he's a Roman governor. He, he's, uh, he's judged many men. He's condemned many to death. He, and, and didn't even think a second about it. Just did it. But yet when his wife says, look. I've dreamed about him. There's something about that man have nothing to do with him. Pilate in that moment was just a little bit of tenderness and he goes back out and he says, look, I, I found no fault in him. There's nothing wrong with this man. Can I trade him? Uh, take him. Let's, let's sac- sacrifice Barabbas. And, and they said, no, we want to sacrifice Jesus. We, we, we want Barabbas to go free. But in his moment of tenderness, he tries to find an open door for Christ can I tell you that you need to take advantage of every moment of tenderness in your life every moment where there's just a, a little bit of a feeling about God where there's just a little bit of an inkling of leaning toward Him where there's just a thought that tiptoes across your brain that just says you know there just might be some truth." to it there just might be something about this man don't ever turn your back on just a moment of tenderness and a heart that's open with questions because I don't know how long the door of your heart's going to be open I don't know how long that tenderness is going to be there but as long as it's there I got to give opportunity to let Jesus do a work in my soul if there's just a twinge in a service Somebody, somebody honor that twinge. If there's just a little inkling, if there's just a little feeling, somebody take a little bit of time because I don't know how long this meeting's going to last. I don't know how long he's going to stay here. And I got to do something with Jesus in the moment that I have with him. Pilate never understood it that he would never, he would never have this moment again. He would never ever, he would never ever cross paths with this Jesus of Nazareth again. That there would never be the moment for questions to be answered and tenderness to be built upon. He doesn't understand that. And so he leaves and he says what is truth. He leans to the culture of his time that there's no such thing as truth and he walks out and it's the question that has no answer it's the question where there could have been a response but Pilate didn't give Jesus a chance to respond and he simply walked out when he said what is truth you have to understand when you ask that question what is truth truth is not a dogma Truth is not a creed. Truth is not a doctrine. Truth is not an idea. Truth is not a philosophy. Truth is not an opinion. Truth is not something that is held as a belief system. No, truth is far more than that. For John chapter 14 and verse number 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Truth is not a doctrine. Truth is a person. That's what truth is. Truth is a person. Truth is an individual. Jesus Christ is truth. If you want to find out what truth is, find Jesus and you'll find truth because truth is not a written article. Truth is not a written statement. Truth is not a bylaw. Truth is not a covenant. Truth is a person. And when Pilate said... What is truth? He didn't give Jesus a chance to respond and say, I am the truth. But if you hang around long enough, you find out that Jesus Christ is the truth. He's the way and He is the life. That's why Paul says in 2 Thessalonians that the spirit of the Antichrist would cause much delusion because they received not the love not for the truth. We must quote that scripture. Not love for the truth. They did not receive the love of the truth because truth is not a doctrine it's not a covenant it's not a creed it's a person oh friend I want to receive the love of the truth in my heart I want God to do that work in the depths of my soul because when you understand that truth is a person and that that person is Jesus Christ then you come to know the truth about God because you see in the Old Testament God was a spirit that could not be seen he was kept behind veils where men could not approach but once a year and that only the high priest but when you come into the New Testament Jesus Christ becomes the manifestation of that almighty God of the Old Testament that's why Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15 says he's the image of the invisible God and he's the firstborn of every creature if you want to know what God looks like look at Jesus because Jesus is the manifestation of the almighty God because Jesus he indeed is God manifested in flesh and you find out that God the God of the Old Testament while he passed judgment that Christ of the New Testament reveals that God is merciful and God is gracious and God is kind and God is loving. Loving, and God is for, for, for that, He is forgiving, and that He's patient with us, and that His love reaches out toward us. Hear me today, friend. You want to know what truth is? Look at Jesus, He's the manifestation of an all loving God. But he's not only the truth about God. He's the truth about man himself. Because you understand man indeed is sinful. And he he is in a horrible condition. But I want you to understand today that Jesus Christ came as the Redeemer. As the Lamb to provide redemption for us. For Luke 19 and 10 says the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. And in Luke 5 and 32... He says, "I came not to call the righteous, but I came to call sinners unto repentance." Jesus Christ is the truth that man may be lost. He may be sinful, but he doesn't have to stay that way. He doesn't have to stay in his sins. He don't have to stay in his wickedness. But he can come up out of the miry clay and have his feet set on a solid rock to stay. Oh, hear me! You want to know what truth is? You won't find it in a piece of paper. You won't find it in a doctrine you'll find it in God himself in the face of Jesus Christ Not only is it the truth about God. Not only is it the truth about man. But what is truth? Jesus Christ is the truth about eternal life. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. John said it like this, that God was manifested and by doing so the manifestation of the love of God toward us was shown in that He gave His only begotten Son that we might live through Him. Can I tell you the truth today is that God wants you to live forever in eternity with Him in the righteousness and the peace of His government. Can I tell you the truth about Jesus that in my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you and if I go I shall come again to receive you unto myself that where I am there ye may be also what is truth I'll tell you what truth is it's the incarnation of God in Jesus Christ it's Jesus offering himself in redemption on the cross and providing for you and I eternal and everlasting life but here stands Pilate now here stands Pilate, this moment, this audience with Jesus. He's standing in front of truth. He's standing in front of the one that can change and alter his life. He is so ingrained with his culture. He's so ingrained with the customs of his day. He's so ingrained with thought that there can be no absolutes. There can't be one that can be God Himself, that can be my Redeemer. And the provider of eternal life. And so scripture tells us. In John chapter 18. And verse number 38. That Pilate asked the question. What. Is. Truth. And in that moment. Whatever opening Pilate had. Whatever hunger that might have existed. Whatever opportunity that might have been there. Whatever tenderness. That might have been a part of his heart in that moment, he closed the door. For scripture says, and he went out and left Jesus standing alone. He did not wait for an answer, the door had been open, the opportunity had been given, but Pilate left truth standing. And he went out never to return again. You see, Jesus had told Pilate that everyone that hears my voice is of truth. In other words, they're genuine and sincere if they hear my voice. He said those that are really hungry can hear the voice of God inside of them. They can feel the pulling, the tugging, the longing of God. It's when I cannot hear that voice that I'm in a very dangerous position and I find myself in a dangerous spot and Pilate just simply closes the door and goes out And this is where I felt so strongly today to bring this word of admonishment don't walk out on truth don't walk out on the very one that can change your life, that can alter your course. Whatever hunger is in your heart, whatever thirst is in your soul, whatever little twins there there might be, find every way possible to keep it alive. Don't let it yield to the culture of our day, to the ideas and the philosophies of our hour. Stand before him as long as you can stand. Keep that meeting going as long as you can keep it going. As long as you can stand there, stand. If you have to brace yourself, brace yourself. If you have to sit down a little while, sit down. But don't walk out on truth. Because once you walk out on truth and that door closes... There may never, ever be an opportunity for that meeting again. And it is so with Pilate that their paths never crossed again. There was never an opportunity for him to speak to Christ again. There was never a chance. There was never a moment. They never came together at another moment in time. There was no post-resurrection meeting. There's no record of Pilate inquiring after the resurrection of the apostles about Christ because when he walked out that day on truth, he closed the door, however small that it was open, however little that it was ajar, he closed the door and he walked out on truth. And that's a very dangerous position to be in is that when I've closed the door, to ever inquiring about the things of God when I've closed the door about ever trying to find out about his kingdom find out about who he is when I've walked out and I've closed the door Jesus stands where he's at he doesn't turn and he doesn't follow he just lets Pilate take the direction and the course that he's taking and I hear it echoing down through time to Day. Don't walk out on truth because that one standing there however small and insignificant that he might be he is my only hope he's my only chance he's my only opportunity he's my only way out. I can't find a path out through philosophy and the books. There's no professor of a college that can give me what I need. There's no textbook that can provide the answers. There's nothing that can come out of a political system or a government that can give me direction. It's only that little urging I have inside. Those few little questions that I might pose every once in a while that gives me opportunity to the truth and I just feel like on this Sunday morning somebody somebody standing face to face with Christ. Somebody standing face to face with the one that can change and alter. There's Little questions inside. There's little thoughts and trying to figure it all out, but here you are. You're standing in the very presence of Almighty God. And don't, 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 don't walk out. Don't walk out on truth. If only Pilate could have turned to Christ on that day and knelt before Him as the Samaritan did and said, Oh God, I need your help. And I thank you for your mercy and your grace. If only Pilate would have knelt that day in that room while he was standing in front of truth things would have been so much different for Pilate's life but he walked out and he closed the door and I feel like I'm standing in the door of somebody's life on this Sunday morning saying don't walk out on truth would you let whatever small fire may be burning inside of you would you let whatever Every little kindling flame that might be there. Would you let me put another log on it and tell you there's a God in heaven that loves you. And there's a God in heaven that wants to forgive every sin. And there's a God in heaven that wants to take you home to be with Him. Don't walk out. Don't walk out on truth. Don't walk out. Don't close the door on those feelings. Don't close the door on those questions. Don't close the door on that little bit of tension give opportunity to it because that's my chance to know the one that loves me would somebody just stand with me now across this building and would you lift your hands and your voices to the Lord and would somebody just let that little bit of flame kindle itself inside that fire burn just a little brighter as we stand in front of truth now you do it with me all over the building all over the building all over the building got just a hunger here now it's just a little hunger it's just a few little questions now it's just a few little thoughts don't understand can't figure it all out i don't know really who all he is but there's there's something about him there's something about him there's something about him there's something about Him. If I walk out, if I walk out on truth, I may never know what He can do. I may never know how He can change me. I may never know how He can alter my life. I may never know how He can transform my world if I just close the door. I know it's just a few questions right now. I know it's just a little feeling at the moment, but but don't close the door on it. Let it rise up a little more. Let it reach out until you find that one that can change and all to your life. Sighs are closed across this building and heads are bowed all over the sanctuary. We know nothing of Pilate. History is silent. Tradition gives us a few things of what happened to him and they're not worth mentioning here today. Tradition says that he, he was banished to a deserted island and the He became insane, lost his mind. We have no proof of that. We don't know. But what we do know is that Pilate faded from history. He's a lost figure. Could it have been that Pilate's story might have been all so different if Pilate would have stayed face to face with truth and not have gone out and closed the door? We do know of Judas That he was in the room with Christ on that eventful night of that supper, that final supper together. And Christ had offered to him bread that was dipped in the sop, and said the one that dips with me said he was the one that shall betray me, and then Scripture gives to us that that moment when Judas took of that bread and he ate with Christ, and then Scripture says that he went out and he walked out, and it was night, and we know that judas 's end was tragic and so final. Could it have been that if he would have stayed just a moment longer in the presence of truth that his end might have been a little different? Could it have been that if he would have stayed in the presence of truth, life would have turned out a little different for him? And I've come today with a heavy heart and a word of admonishment for this congregation today to please don't walk out on truth. Stand there just as long as you can stand. Give Jesus every opportunity that you can give him. Give him every ounce of of the moment of your life that you can give to him because it's only there that he can deal with that hunger and that longing inside of you. As we continue to be prayerful across this congregation right now, would somebody just lift a voice and a hand to the Lord and say, God, we need your help now. We're face to face with truth. We're face to face with the one that can change my life, that can alter my way. He's standing here saying if we would repent, that He would forgive. That if we would be buried in His name, that He would remit to our sins. That if we would open our hearts, that He would fill us with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, filling our lives so completely and totally and full. Here we are, we're standing face to face now with truth just a little question has brought us to him just just a little little flame that's kindled inside of us just a little hunger we're standing here now and he's reaching his heart out i'm opening this altar on this sunday morning from wherever you're at in this building right now from wherever you're standing while we are in prayer all across the building you feel a tug at your heart you feel a a pull at your soul at your spirit to come and stand before truth and say oh okay God I'm presenting my heart and my mind and my life to you God I, I'm presenting dear God everything that I am I'm offering it to you God and I don't want to close the door and what you want to do in my life and God I don't want to walk out on the one that can change and alter the course of my, 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 my journey in this present world you just make your way down that aisle just, just push up here just as close as you can and let's find a place to present ourselves to truth right now from all over this building there you are there you are just just go ahead and present it to him say God I don't understand it all I can't figure it all out but there's, there's this hunger there's this passion there's these questions I, I can't let them go and I don't want to close the door on them I don't want to walk away when truth is standing in front of me I could be changed and transformed and my life could be altered. That's it, his arms are reaching out now all across this building. As he calls, he tugs, he pulls. As he reaches for our heart and our life. He says, why don't you just give your heart to it? Why don't you just give your mind to it? Why don't you just give your life to it? Why don't you just embrace it? everything you can embrace why don't you you just wrap your arms around him and say God this is what will change me this is what will alter me this is what will make me a new creature before you there you go now all over this place people are filling in to this altar right now there's hunger rising there's thirst coming up I don't want to walk out now I don't want to close the door I don't want to turn my back on him all across the building. Would you do it with me? All across the sanctuary. I need somebody that knows how to lift your voice. I need somebody that knows how to pray. I need somebody that knows how to intercede right now. I need somebody that knows how to feel the moment that we're in on this Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Lift your voice with me now. Lift your voice with me now. Lift your voice with me now. All across this building. Come on, Pilate. Stay a little while longer. Come on, pilot, stay a
0: little while longer. You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m., and we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www. Dot awcnorman.com. awc call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at awc we hope that this recording has been a blessing to you